Welcome to the Church at the Springs podcast. The Springs exist to lead our generation to God and connect people to a community of Christ followers who change their world. To learn more about us, visit thesprings.net. We hope you enjoy the message. Well, good morning, Springs. How's everybody? You guys looking good? All the way to the walls in the back, man, you guys look good. Listen, this series, I have loved this series because it is that, that picture of what could be if each one of us lived the Jesus way, one life at a time, the people in close proximity to us, the people that, and, and we said the first week of this series that Jesus had this uncanny ability to, in the midst of a crowd, zoom in on one life. And what if we lived that way? Just this next week. And um, I, I was reading this week a story uh, about a skunk. And it, it, it drew me in. And okay, here's kind of a something most people don't know about me. Uh, growing up, I had a pet skunk. And it was one that I bought in a, a pet store. And I brought it home when I was a teenager. And I didn't tell my parents. Uh, yeah, that, it didn't go over well. But, but I actually had it for uh, a couple weeks and I was keeping it in the closet in my bedroom. And one day my mom found it when I was at school. <laughs> you could have imagined that one. She heard sounds in the closet and she opened up and this skunk jumps out. But, but it, the crazy thing is she let me keep it. And, uh, and I just, just to see, did any, some of y'all look at me like, really? No, this is a true story. Hey, did anybody else have a pet skunk? Anybody? Okay. Really? Did you? I mean, I've, you know what? It's like one in every service. So we're, we're, a, we're a small group, right, of us. But, but it's, and, and so I heard this story about a skunk. It, it, this lady had this encounter. She was looking out her window and she saw a skunk coming across her through her garden and it had like a, a yellow helmet on. And she realized that it, it wasn't a helmet, it was a yellow yogurt container that the skunk had gotten into somebody's garbage and could not get it off its head. So this skunk is bouncing around her yard, running into things because it can't see a thing. And so she said, well, I just, just hope it goes and figures out how to do that and get it off. And it didn't. It was, uh, it kept bouncing. And she said, okay, I got to do something. Called the wildlife department and called the wildlife department. And, and they said, uh, ma'am, we're not going to come take a yogurt container off a skunk's head. You're going to have to do that. And she's like, how do I do that? I mean, what if it sprays me? And the guy, the guy said, ma'am, if it can't see you, it's not going to spray you. She said, yeah, but when I take the container off its head, it can see me. What do I do then? And she said there was this silence. And the, and the guy said, well, just make sure it doesn't feel threatened. She said, how do you, how do you not threaten a skunk? How do you help a skunk not feel threatened? I don't get it. He's scared to death. Anyway. And so she went outside and finally took it off and said when she got that thing off of his head she said there were just a couple seconds that it just kind of they stared at each other and then the skunk took off running crisis was averted 
I mean, the, the, this, this skunk went on with his life. Do you know why? Because she did something. Because she could have done what most people would have done. Nothing. But she chose to do something. And there are people in every one of your lives this week there that have crossed into your lives. They're in your backyard, so to speak. That their lives have intersected with yours and they just need you to do something. Maybe they just need you to see them. They just need you to, 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 I mean, grab a meal with them, to have a conversation with them. They just need for you to listen to their story. Maybe they need for you to share your story with them. I mean, God has put you in people's lives intentionally. You got to know this. No one, we said this last week, no one's in your life by accident. And every person that intersects your life this week is there because God intended them to be there. And so it's, it's like, what, how do we move in? Remember we said no, no one's in your life by accident. No one's in your life forever. And that's that whole uh, the, the, the purpose and God lets our people intersect our lives. And Jesus, uh, Jesus always met people at the intersections of their lives. And it, and it said he met people at the intersections of life and he forever changed the direction of their lives. And, you know, that, that is what, okay, if we think about our week that way, we think differently, okay, how do I slow down? How do I zoom in? How do I focus in on the people? at the intersections of my life. Well, first thing I want you to see is that uh, every one of us has a story. We're, we, we love stories. We're drawn into stories, aren't we? We're, you know, we talk about, I mean, even the gospels, the, the story of Jesus. We are, we are pulled in, but yet God is writing his story in every one of our lives. And, and you know, some stories are crazier than others. Like, uh, we were at, how many of you were with us when we had our Christmas services here at the Springs? Just, okay. Those of you raising your hands, you know that, that we actually had snow hills out here for the kids to ride and get on tubes and ride down those. And, and if you saw those, uh, any of the social media posts or any of the video uh, that recap, I mean, it was the kids and they, those were great moments and they were you know, going down the hill on their tubes. And what you didn't see was the story before the story that uh, Randy Smith, our new executive pastor, he's from New Jersey. And uh, he, whoa, is that like, you know, Randy or, you know, New Jersey. It, but, but it was like, uh, he, he said, I'm going to test this out. I'm going to see how this is supposed to work and make sure it's working good. And so before anything ever happened, he took the first trip down the snow hill. Watch your screen. What do you do, just sit down on it and then slide into it? Yep, we'll have volunteers push. Randy. Randy. (laughs) I so wish they would have kept the video running. I don't know how. 
I don't know how he, how he did that and walked away. I mean, uh, uh, I, you know, I think it, he knows snow. He's from Jersey. He grew up in snow. He shovels snow. Oh, man. But, you know, there, there are just some stories in your life and in mine that are crazier than others. And one of the stories I want to look at today in Scripture is, is crazier than the others. It was Jesus meeting a blind man uh, on the side of the road and the whole encounter and how that encounter and that intersection changed the direction of his life forever. If you've got your Bibles, you can open up to John chapter 9 or if you have your Bible app on your phone, go there, uh, go to the, uh, the Springs and open up the, the notes. My, my notes will be there and they'll also be on the screen here. But let me kind of take you there. Uh, in John chapter 9, it says, as Jesus was walking along, and let me kind of set this up because the whole chapter before that, where he was walking from, so that you know his frame of mind and, and the disciples' frame of mind, they, the whole eighth chapter were people challenging him and, and uh, about who he was. And, and he got to the point in the temple that they started saying he was a blasphemer. And it got so intense that people picked up stones about ready to stone Jesus to death. And I love the scripture because it's like God says, God put like a cloaking mechanism on him because he just walked right through them and walked out. And so that was intense. You want to talk about your heart pounding. That's where he's coming from. And then it says he's walking along and he saw a man who had been blind from birth. Rabbi, his disciples asked him, why was this man born blind? Was it because of his own sins or his parents' sins? And, and that was a, a common thought in biblical times that if somebody was blind or somebody was lame, it was because of somebody's sin. So it was punishment and it was either the person or their parents. Because that was the common thought in that day. And then Jesus, he just gave them one answer. This is the only answer he gave them. It was not because of his sins or his parents' sins. It was that, you know, that, that was it. That's all they're going to get. Now, here's the thing. In this story, the blind man, I mean, obviously he doesn't see Jesus. He, he doesn't know who Jesus is. And, and he never asked Jesus for anything. He never did. He, he was just sitting there. And I mean, and so, I mean, but here's the thing. He in his life, he wasn't looking for Jesus, but Jesus saw him. And I think so many times in our lives, in our world, that we, we're not particularly looking for Jesus. We might be trying to sort out stuff in our life and hard decisions and challenges. Or we're, we're going through these seasons. We're not particularly looking for Jesus, but what you got to know is that he sees you. God sees you right where you are. This guy, what he saw, and I love the fact that you see that over and over again, Jesus saw. Jesus saw what, what we normally miss and what people miss. He saw this guy. He saw him in his pain. He knew his story. He saw him. He, this guy was sitting there and, and he knew his life was hopeless. There was no hope of his life ever changing from what it is. He's begging 
as a blind man. And, and so, you know, that, that, that's exactly where he, where he was in, the, in his pain. But up to this point in the story, this is a sad story. I mean, it, it, it's just a sad story. Because up to this point in his life, he, now he could hear, so he always heard people saying, you know, your sin caused this, or your parents' sin caused this. He heard people saying, in other words, you, you're, you're forever trapped because of what you did, even though it wasn't true. And I don't know where you are in your story, but I want to encourage you, don't get stuck in the middle of your story. Because this wasn't the end of the story. This was a chapter in his story. It was a sad chapter, but it was a chapter. And you, I want to challenge you, don't get stuck in the middle of your story. God is writing his story through your life. This is, this is just a chapter of your life. It's not the whole story. It, it's a season of your life. It's not a life sentence. And I know sometimes we're in seasons and we're going, this is my life. I'm doomed. No, you got to know God's writing your story and he's not done. So every one of us has a story. And I, I want to encourage you, sit down and think through your story and what God's done in your life or what he's doing in your life or what he's going to do in your life. Because here's the other thing about every story is that every story is unique there's nobody that has your story. You're the only one that has your story. Good, bad, all of it. High, highs, the lows. I mean, have you ever heard people tell, uh, tell stories and wonder, well, did that really happen? I mean, is it? Well, that seems odd. I, I don't know. Like some of you are still struggling with the fact that I had a pet skunk. Um, but in keeping with the wildlife theme of the morning, uh, this is a, a story uh, that somebody shared with me. It was on TikTok of some, some little boy and what he found outside and he brought inside. Watch the screen. Mommy. What? I caught something, but please do not be, be mad at me. What? Be mad at you? What'd you catch? <gasps> it's, it kept falling. Kaden, take that thing outside. That's a raccoon! It's a little one. We can keep it. It doesn't even bite. Where did you find that? Take it outside. Thank. <laughs> I love that. It's a little one. It's half your size, kid. It's like it's a big one. And, and the, the best part of that video is the dog just sits there. I'm like, somebody needs to check the dog. <laughs> but but you know, here's the thing. We, we all have moments and seasons in our lives that we got, okay, our story, nobody believed what you went through and who you are and what, what you experienced. It's unique. There's nobody like yours. And it's like Jesus comes into this once-in-a-lifetime encounter. What Jesus is about to do, he had never done before, and he never did again. He heals the blind man. Now, remember, they're, they're having this conversation, he and his disciples. They haven't engaged the blind man at all. But he hears them, 
And, and then in verse six and seven, it says, then he spit on the ground, made mud with the saliva and spread the mud over the blind man's eyes. Now, <laughs> just take yourself there. Uh, I mean, the blind guy is just sitting there. He hears them talking. And the next thing he hears is, I know, some of y'all are going, no, it was Jesus, it was holy saliva. No, it was spit, man. <laughs> he, and he didn't hear it once. He heard it multiple times. Think about it. How much saliva do you need to make mud with? I mean, if you want to know, go home this afternoon and try it. It's a lot of spit. And, and so he hears all this, and then he feels something wet on his eyes. <laughs> You can't make this stuff up. It, it, I mean, the, this moment with this poor guy, he's like, you know, I mean, and, and then, then Jesus said to him, he told him, go wash yourself in the pool of Siloam. Siloam meant sent. Siloam was actually a pool that was in Jerusalem that people, when they were coming into Jerusalem, used it to do ritual cleansings. And the reason it was called sent, Siloam, was because uh, King Hezekiah in the Old Testament, actually it was an engineering marvel. He built a waterway underground that sent the water inside the city. So everybody knew where this was, and including this blind man. And he said, go. And, and then, so the man went and washed and came back seeing. Now, I've read so many theologians and commentators that read this text and they... And, what they're saying is, like, oh, this was the first act of obedience uh, for this guy. He heard Jesus. Jesus commanded him to do something. He got up and he went. <laughs> I don't see that at all. This guy didn't know who Jesus was. So it wasn't obedience. It was the fact that somebody spit in your eye and then said, now go wash it off. <laughs> and, and he went because he's like, I got to get out of here. Because when you spit on somebody... In biblical times, that was a sign of disrespect, just like it is today, right? So this guy thought, man, they're spitting on me and I'm getting out of here. And he went and washed. And, and, it, and it said he came back seeing. I mean, that was, the, can you imagine that moment that, that he came back seeing? He saw it. See, here's the thing. Jesus healed different people differently. Why? Because it was their story. And those stories are the same. Every story is unique. I mean, Jesus, he approached each person differently. Sometimes, sometimes he healed with a word. Sometimes he healed with a touch. Sometimes uh, he healed from a distance and sometimes he did a close up. Sometimes he he did it in private and sometimes he did it publicly. And sometimes Jesus sought, uh, people sought Jesus. They, they called him and they, they heard he was coming. They cried out to him. Other times Jesus sought them like this man. I mean, healing wasn't a formula. It was the power of God, not the method. But it was their story. And each of us have that story. And, it, and he said that he, he, 
he went back, he came back to the same place. He came back seeing. He came back to that intersection, but his life was radically different. Can you imagine? He's seeing the people, and people are seeing him, and he, his neighbors saw him, you know, and they said, well, is that the same guy? No, that's not the same guy. He just looks like him. And he goes, no, it's me. It's me. I mean, that, he's telling that story over and over again. He can't stop telling that story to his neighbors and his parents and even religious leaders that he was brought before. He just kept telling the story. Why? Because every story is worth telling. Every story is worth telling. I mean, so he, everyone he told though, go back and read through that chapter this week because everyone he told, no one believed him. Why? Because it, it, it was impossible. Nobody had ever seen that before. No, it, this can't be. It, it's impossible. And yet, It happened. And it's kind of like uh, Dr. Robert Adair was a, a nuclear physicist and he taught at Yale for a lot of years. And um, here's a picture of Dr. Adair and actually you wonder why is he holding the baseball and the baseball bat? Well, because much of his work was studying the physics of baseball and particularly uh, his research was on how to hit a 90-mile-an-hour uh, fastball. And, and what he found was that when, you, uh, when a pitcher releases the ball at 90 miles an hour, by the time it leaves his hand and it gets to the catcher's mitt, is 400 milliseconds. That is less than half a second that's fast, right? And to give you perspective, let me kind of take you there from a batter's perspective, what one of these pitches looks like and see if you can track it. Watch. Show mask. Show mask. I mean, think about how fast they come. And for you and I, we could see the ball, but then it's gone. And, but for a professional baseball player, what has to happen, and Dr. Adair's research said that it takes 100 milliseconds just for them to find the ball that's leaving the pitcher's hand. It takes another 100 milliseconds for them to decide, am I going to swing or not? It takes another 100 milliseconds to decide, Am I going to swing high, low, outside, or inside? And then to actually swing the bat is another 150 milliseconds. So 450 milliseconds before they swing. But in 400 milliseconds, it's already in the catcher's mitt. And this is what he concluded. He, he just concluded that hitting a 90-mile-an-hour fastball is impossible. Now, if you know anything about baseball, you're saying, I don't believe that. Why? Because we've seen it done. We've seen batters hit 90 mile an hour fastballs and faster because the average pitch in the 
uh, MLB today is 92, 93 miles an hour. And they're hitting them. And, and, but most of us wouldn't be able to refute his evidence or his studies. I mean, he's a nuclear physicist. He's a smart, he was a smart dude. We couldn't do that. But we know it's possible. I can't explain it, but I know it's possible. That's exactly what the blind man said. I, I don't know how he did it. I don't even know who he was. I was blind and now I see. I know it doesn't make sense, but I'm telling you, it's what happened. Kind of, that, that's where he was at in, in verse 24 and 25. It says, so for the second time, they called in the man who had been blind and told him, God should get the glory for this because we know this man, Jesus, is a sinner. I don't know whether he's a sinner. I don't know who he is. But all I can tell you, I know this. I was blind and now I can see. That's all I got. My life and the direction of my life is forever changed. And I don't know how he did it. And I'm not even sure who he was. I know it doesn't make sense. You, you asked my neighbors, you asked my parents, and now you've asked me twice. And, and it's just, and every time he told his story, his story became clearer. He became bolder. He became more confident. He started out saying, I don't know who he is. And then his journey began, well, the more they questioned him and the more he told his story, well, you know what? I think he's a prophet. And then he went from, I think he's a prophet to, you know what? I think I'll follow him. And, and the journey took him deeper and deeper and his faith got stronger and stronger as he clearly articulated his story. And every time you tell your story, about when you chose to follow Jesus and why, it becomes clearer in your life. You become more confident telling it. Why? Because it's your story. And no one can look at you and say, well, that's not true. It's your story. I mean, think about his was, I was blind, now I see. What's your story? We all have a story. If you're a Christ follower in here, there was a time before you met Jesus and chose to follow him. And then there's a time now since. How is your life different? I mean, you've heard me tell my story so many times. When I'm, I mean, I was a 21 year old screw up living far from God. God wasn't even on my radar. And then I met Jesus and the direction of my life forever changed not just the direction of my life, the direction of my kids' lives and their, my grandkids' lives, it's forever changed. Why? I mean, that, that's my story. What's yours? Where were you? Who are you? Who were you? What changed in your life when, after you met Jesus? That's your story. And the more you tell it, and the problem is most of us never tell that story. And that is the story that changes the world one life at a time. Think about that. If we would sit down and share just share with friends that story. I mean, you know why every story is worth telling is because Jesus makes every story better. He just does. I mean, he, 
He, he looked back at seasons of our life. We've all done this. We've had, you know, like, you know what, if you just came through 2022 and you're going, you know what, I, next year, I want next year to be a better story. And we look back and say, I wish I would have and I should have. And I, what, what is it that you say, you know what, I, I mean, I would have moved closer to Jesus. I would have trusted him more. I want to know him better. I want to connect. I don't want to just attend a church. I want to be a part of a church. I, 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 want, to, I want to connect with other people's lives. I, I want to move into the intersections where I'm meeting people. I'm, well, groups, that's it. It's this week. Connect, it's today, it's four o'clock. You know, serve in a ministry, find a place, step out of a crowd and zoom in on individual lives. That is what changes the world one life at a time. And it, it changes your world. And, you know, and so let me kind of take you to the, the close of the story in verse 35. It says, when Jesus heard what had happened, Jesus heard what happened. You know what happened? The, the religious leaders got so mad at him for telling that story and over and over again that they cursed him and threw him out. I mean, that, those are some good religious leaders, right? Curse a guy, throw him out. And it said, he found the man and asked, do you believe in the son of man? And the man answered, who is he, sir? What I love is that it says he found him. He went looking for him. Jesus went looking for him. He doesn't just see you, but he's searching for you. He never stops. That's the heart of God for all of us. And that should be our heart too. Who are we seeing? Who are we searching for? Who are we telling our story to? And, and he called him sir. He didn't know who he was. And then said, I, I want to believe in him. You have seen him, Jesus said, and he is speaking to you. I love this. You have seen him. Before he restored his sight, he never would have seen him. He said, now I've given you sight. You see me. And he's speaking to you. Yes, Lord, I believe. He went from sir to Lord. And he said, the man said, and he worshiped Jesus. His life changed forever. That, that moment that he worshiped. You know, I mean, that's the moment that changes all of our lives. And it, he couldn't stop telling the story. Think about his life. He went from broken and destitute and hopeless to believing and seeing and worshiping and following. His life was forever changed. And listen, y'all, this isn't a Bible story. This is an us story. That's our story. But until you can articulate it and tell it over and over again, people need to hear your story. And for some of you, you got to hear this. You maybe walked in today and you're like, you know what, I wasn't particularly looking for Jesus. But he sees you and he's been searching for you and he says, I love you so much. I died for you. I paid the price for all of your sin and garbage and junk in the past to give you forgiveness for that, but a life everlasting. We get heaven one day, but we get life to the fullest because he said, I'm with you. I'm gonna walk with you. I wanna know you. I want you to follow me. None of that, none of that stuff. It, 
that you've done before change your life forever, but Jesus does because Jesus makes every story better. And for some of you, it's time to choose to follow Jesus today. Let's go to the Father in prayer. As you bow your heads and close your eyes, if you're here today and say, I've never chosen to follow Jesus. I've never asked him to be the leader and savior of my life. But if you want to do it right now, you can pray this prayer, not out loud, but between you and God right where you're sitting. You say, dear Father, thank you for sending Jesus to give his life on a cross to pay for my past and to give me a future and a life to the fullest today. I ask you, Jesus, to be the leader. I choose to follow you. Teach me now how to live for you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Church at the Springs podcast. If you were encouraged by this message, be sure to leave a review. We'd love to hear from you. If you're in the area, join us on Sundays. For times and locations, visit thesprings.net. And again, thank you for listening to the Church at the Springs podcast.